Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max. And listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Okay, I just want to warn you really fast. There are a couple of curses in this episode, but not that many. So hopefully it'll be okay. Also, we do have some very mild spoilers. This movie is so much more about the journey than the destination. It really doesn't matter, but I'm just telling you about it. So you don't email me later. Just kidding. I love emails from you guys. You're much better than the recaps emailers. Let me tell you. From WBEZ Chicago, this is Nerdette. I'm Greta Johnson, and Nerdette is a place where we talk to your favorite or soon-to-be favorite people. And this week's guests are the stars of what is going to be the best movie of the summer. I said it. We have to go to a party tonight. What? Let's go to Nick's party. Are you kidding? No, no way. We only have one night left to have studied and partied in high school. Otherwise... We're just going to be the girls that missed out. We haven't done anything. We haven't broken any rules. Okay. We've broken a lot of rules. One, we have fake IDs. Fake college IDs so we can get into their 24-hour library. Name one person whose life was so much better because they broke a couple of rules. Picasso. Yes, he broke art rules. Name a person who broke a real rule. Rosa Parks. Name another one. Susan B. Anthony. God damn it. (laughs) This week's guests are Caitlin Deaver and Beanie Feldstein, and they star in the movie Booksmart, which is by far the best movie I've seen all year. I think you know, if you've been listening to Nerdette for a while, I like notoriously have seen very few movies. I've seen like maybe seven this year. Avengers was one of them. But I am here to tell you that Booksmart is truly excellent. It's super special for a lot of different reasons. For one thing, it is Olivia Wilde's directorial debut, which is pretty cool. And it stars these awesome young ladies who you've probably seen in other films, but not known exactly who they were. And I am super excited that they get to make their debut in this movie. Caitlin Deaver has acted in Justified. She also played a brat in a Sweet 16 episode of Party Down. Mom, talking to Kyle here. Is that a beer? You're not my manager anymore. So if you speak to me again, I'm going to hitchhike home with a maniac. Come on, Kyle. Copy that. Caitlin was also in Last Man Standing. And Beanie was in Neighbors 2. And she's been in a Maroon 5 Cardi B music video. Her brother is the actor Jonah Hill, who you may have heard of. We'll talk about that a little bit later. She also played the best friend of Lady Bird in the award-winning film Lady Bird. Miss Patty assigned you a role, by the way. You just never showed up to claim it. What role? The Tempest. There is no role of the Tempest. It is the titular role. No, it's a made-up thing, so we all can participate. You can't do anything unless you're the center of attention, can you? Yeah, well, you know your mom's tits, they're fake, totally fake. She made one bad decision at 19. Two bad decisions. <laughs> Caitlin Beanie, welcome to your dad. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. So for people who haven't seen it yet, let's do just sort of like a quick recap Essentially, what happens is you two are these like super high achieving girls who love each other dearly. And you realize on the last day of school that like all the losers and jerks are also getting into just as good schools as you two, essentially. And so then you're like, we might as well have fun, too, then. Yeah, Yeah. I think 
they both are so goal-oriented. And then my character Molly discovers that her sort of nemesis, um, she is also going to Yale. And it rattles her world. Because um, she she thought that they had to choose one or the other. Right. She was like, those guys chose that. We're choosing school. And Molly and Amy know that they're fun. That's what yeah. we love about the film. Yes, They're totally. not trying to yes. learn how to be fun. And right. they're not ashamed of... Being intelligent, right? And smart. They're not changing who they are to be they able think to it's go amazing. to these parties at all. Yeah. They're just like, well, we know we're fun, so like, we better show other people that we're fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I do think there's something really interesting about it in terms of like I've been thinking about this a lot, just even in my own career with work and the idea that like it's okay to be super dedicated to like the thing that is your thing and to work really yeah. hard at doing that, but it's also super important to have a holistic life that's like a bunch of other pieces so that you're not just doing school so that you can get the best grades and go to the best school because then what do you do with yeah, yourself? You it's, know? It's, it's all about balance, I think. And like, I think what's great about Booksmart is that it kind of allows you to look at it from a bigger picture and think, well, these two girls worked so hard to get into these schools and that is all that mattered to them before having this realization so the idea that like you don't have to be defined by the school that you go to i think there's so much pressure put on kids of like what college they get into and it it defines the rest of your life and who you are as a person and it doesn't have to be Mm -hmm. and you also don't have to go to college or you can go to college but it, it doesn't it really doesn't um matter at the end of the day. Yeah, I think there are so many important lessons to be had in this movie, but it's yeah. also just like legitimately super fun. Yeah. yeah. And I think partly what's so exciting about it is seeing girls, especially you two, just like be super smart and funny and gross and raunchy and like kind of filthy and like, <laughs> you know, to just like embrace all of those different ideas of like what it means to be a teenage girl is just yeah. like so exciting to see on a big screen. Yeah, yeah. we think so too. I mean, What the film does so brilliantly is it uses those judgments or expectations that you have of a character when you first meet them as an audience member. Uh And then it flips it on its head. So there's more than one person per type in this film. Yeah. So if there are two smart, intense girls, then what does a smart, intense girl look like? What does she sound like? What is she into? If there are two crazy rich kids, what will... Then that means that what does that look like? Yeah, are they going to be you know, the same? Yeah, are yeah. they the same? There's two yeah. theater guys, but they're completely different human right, beings. Totally. So it just it it's so brilliantly like just kind of bust the concept of stereotypes wide open. Yeah, yeah, it's super cool to see that. Just because yes, like typically this kind of movie, of which there are many, right? When you think about just sort of like last day of school, let's go wild movies. I think about Superbad, which your brother Jonah Hill was in. I think about Can't Hardly Wait, which I feel like actually had a lot of resonance in Booksmart or like Dazed and Confused. Mm-hmm. The thing that really stood out, I mean, there were a lot of things that stood out to me about Booksmart, but I think one of them was that in a lot of these movies, the party on the last day of school, it's like everything has to be perfect at the party because that's the whole point. And then everything is perfect and everybody wins and like, yay end of movie we all feel good about it and I was so excited without giving away like too much of what happens in Booksmart what I really loved was that like the party didn't actually matter because it was about Amy and Molly's friendship and that was what like actually was the whole point of the movie it was about it was about going on this journey together 
that's ultimately what it was about. I love how also like in some of those movies, it's all about like getting wasted and like getting drunk and like yeah. partying till you like can't like you, you pass out. It just like it, yeah. it wasn't ever that. It's also not a makeover movie. Right. They didn't make. You didn't you know, get contact lenses in the exactly. last scene and finally blow the mind of the guy you yeah. liked or whatever. And we weren't going after a guy either, yep. which is which is great. It's it was great. very refreshing. Yeah. I think, too, like, I loved that this movie emphasizes the idea that your person doesn't have to be your, like, romantic soulmate. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We talk a lot about, you know, I always think, like, your friends are the first decision you make in your life that's entirely yours. Hmm. Uh, your parents decide, like, what school you go to, where you go to school, where you live, what your room looks like, if you share a room. I mean, like, every single decision, what you're eating, what you're wearing. Um what after school activities you're going to but when you're young young you know three four however old you are you're making this choice of like this is my buddy this is my partner and it's such a small thing when you're young but then to continue choosing that person year after year after year and investing in them and committing to them and, and being willing to change alongside with them I think is really profound and I think Booksmart is such an examination and a celebration of that yeah I think that there's also a sense of like codependency that they they realize that they have mm-hmm. where, you know, the moment in the film where where they call Malala and she says she says no. Yes. And Malala like, being what? sort of like the safe word. Safe word. It was it's, funny it's the like, way you it because you made it sound like we just called up Malala. Like, hey, Malala. Oh, yeah. And Malala, <laughs> Malala was like, sorry, yeah, I didn't Malala preface like, that. No. And we were rejected by Malala. <laughs> no, Malala is the safe word. And then, and it essentially means like you have to do what I'm asking you yeah. because this is really important to me. And, and you only so, get it like once a year. Yeah. And that's a really big moment. And then there's this moment where you think, oh, this person's going to obviously come with me because that's what we've yeah. been doing yeah. forever. Because I called Malala. Yeah, exactly. And then all of a sudden you realize, no, this other person wants maybe doesn't want to do everything that you yeah. want to do yeah. all of the time. And that's well, and, also heartbreaking. Yeah. And that's what makes it sort of a breakup movie at the same time. Ooh, I hadn't thought of it that it way. It is. It really is a love story and a breakup movie, too, because huh. that that fight between these two girls, you know, the whole movie, you see them like they are inseparable. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it shifts yeah. and then it becomes very, very heartbreaking. And the fight also, it's, 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 I mean, it was really just incredible because you get to this point where you're yelling at your friend yeah, and you don't and even yeah. know what you're saying at some point. You just, you're just yelling to yell. Well, and in the scene at first, like it's at a loud party. And so yeah. it just seems like they're kind of yelling at each other, but it's all loud enough that nobody really notices. And it just becomes more and more yeah. centered on you two yelling at everyone else becoming totally silent watching this like devastating fight oh it's so intense even just thinking about it yeah and then i think at at the end of the film finding such a a peace and a love and a setting each other free you know um they're definitely gonna remain best friends i'm just making that very clear there (laughs) and i think that's the thing right is that like there is a maturity of a relationship where you can realize that it's okay if you have different interests and you, you don't distance, have to yeah. be together all the time and you can still love the shit out of each exactly. other. Or if you get into a fight, you work through it. Yeah. yeah and it's exactly. not the end of the world. Right. But yes. They're going to for sure be friends. <laughs> obviously. Yeah. I love the topics that we bring up in this movie too. I feel like for young girls, it'll be so important. We're even getting parents coming up to us saying thank you for making this movie possible because I am so happy that my my daughters my kids get to 
get to grow up on this movie and have this be their sleepover movie. It really is just so incredible. But like the conversations we have are like real conversations that I have with my friends talking about masturbation. And like it's so great. Yeah. I think I th- also when it's done through humor, it's like the it's like a spoonful of sugar. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like yeah, it's the best way to start like hard or weird conversations mm-hmm. or to give uh, a clear message to a yeah. film is to do it by making you so invested and having you're having so much fun that it's not like we're beating you over the head. Like this is a sex positive feminist movie right, like, about get friendship. It, Stop judging people. Yeah, it's like you're having the best time, and all of a sudden yeah. you're really thinking about stuff yeah. along the way, and you're really. You're really, you know, taking stock. It's yeah. a bacon-wrapped Brussels sprout. <laughs> yes. Oh, what a wonderful way to put it. Wow. You can use that. Take it. <laughs> That's great. I eat bacon, so I'll take it. Oh, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. I guess maybe it's not as universal as I had hoped in that respect. You're it's right. okay. It's all right. <laughs> After the break, Beanie Feldstein does one of the most amazing things that has ever happened to me in an interview setting. I got to work with another amazing Greta, Greta Gerwig Ooh. on Lady Bird. Oh my and- God, I can't believe you just put me in the same sentence like that. <laughs> yes. It's amazing. Um, two queens. <laughs> I just can't even. You're listening to Nerdette. Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max, and listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. You two are both still pretty early on in your careers. Caitlin's been acting since she was 11. Yeah. So I guess yeah. what I should say is that you two are both pretty young, yes. still, right? You're yeah. both in your early 20s, yes. right? Mid-beanie early mid 20s. Early mid 20s. That's fine. It's very kind. Free I will be 34 in three weeks if it makes you all feel any better. It's all good. But the question I have is like, I mean, you know, you're exhausted talking about how amazing this was to work on this. Does that worry you for what's next? Like, because like every project can't be book smart, right? Or are yeah. you just really optimistic that you're just gonna I, like keep finding amazing things and this is just the beginning of all of the goodness that is gonna come to you? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think I think we're both really, really inherently positive people. Yeah. <laughs> Genuinely. Yeah. Um, but I very, very I'm very new. I consider myself so new. And very early in my Working life, I got to work with another amazing Greta, Greta Gerwig, Ooh. on Lady Bird. Oh my and- god, I can't believe you just put me in the same sentence like that. <laughs> yes. It's amazing. Um, two queens, and <laughs> I, I think what Lady Bird taught me was that you're allowed to have, you're allowed to set your expectations high, even when you're young and when you're new. You can value. I mean, I was so moved by the fact that I was a part of a story that I wanted, that I would have wanted to watch yes. had I not seen it. And so yeah. when I finished. Lady Bird, I was like, what film do I want to do next or do I want to beg to be a part of next is really how I see it. <laughs> and Booksmart was the next film that I did. And it, it was like I could not even dream of a better follow-up to it. But also it's because I set those expectations. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, like, I think it, it's just really it comes down to doing projects that you're really passionate yeah. about. Yeah. And playing girls that you that you want to inhabit. 
So you guys have both, you two have each sort of hinted at your origin stories when it comes to how you ended up here. Mm-hmm. Caitlin, you've been acting since you were 10? Yes. I grew up in Texas and I started doing acting classes when I was nine after begging my parents. I was just about to ask I, how your parents well, felt about that. Yeah, I my parents are the greatest people alive and they never pushed me they never pushed me to do anything but they they really believed in me when I said guys I this is in my core this is in my blood and I can't imagine myself doing anything else and they're like okay well uh, <laughs> let's go to acting classes let's take you to acting classes right, and buddy. see how it goes <laughs> Um, and that I, I was at the acting classes in, in, uh, Dallas for about six months and then an agent, she, she approached me and she wanted me to come out to LA for a pilot season. And my parents thought, Oh boy, well, that's also a little crazy because you can't, that's a, that's a crazy thing for a kid to like, just pack up and go audition for for films and commercials it just is so foreign that's a big risk even for like a 20 something person to do is like move across the country to try to figure out this totally like maybe great but maybe like who knows what the outcome of this is going to be but the great thing about it was that I was always grounded and I was always realistic because of um how my parents sort of acted about the whole thing they they said you know we really believe in you and this is awesome that you want to do this but there is a chance that you will not book the first thing you go out on and you probably won't and it's going to be really tough and then my first audition came around and I booked the first thing I went out on so I was like ha ha um, but, but no but then there were like a lot of no's after that so I was I was denied but but um yeah, it was. Uh, I was just doing commercials for a while, and then booked my first movie when I was eleven. Wow, that's nuts. Yeah. So, have you been able to do sort of like a traditional high school thing? Then were you able to? Yeah, I. I think. Well, it was kind of. I did like an in between high school experience. I do feel like my high school experience was very normal. Still, um, I just wasn't going. I wasn't physically going like five days a week. I was going like three days oh, a week. Oh, okay. So yeah. Just because I was working. Sure. Yeah, I was just, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Um, just because I, I was working on a show at the time and it's kind of hard to balance that. And I knew that I wanted to act. So yeah. I had to kind of like compromise. That's also such a miracle that you knew that early that it was what you wanted to do. I know. You know, I, I don't really know why I knew so quickly. I think I've just always... I've always been an observer and I've always uh, like my mom says I used to stare at people and I've been staring <laughs> at people since I was like a baby and she never I said well why didn't you stop me I need to like stop that habit and she was like no I knew you were doing it for a reason wow. and and I just I've always felt like I love mimicking people and I love like sh- shifting into I, I basically I can't be myself uh-huh. for m- more than a day. So <laughs> this is a good profession for me. <laughs> what about you, Beanie? What's your story? Oh, my story, Greta. Um, your story. My story. I um, grew up in Los Angeles. And when I was like four, my mom was taking me to this like uh, ballet class that was in this sort of uh, collection of kids 
arts classes. And I was like, I want to do the theater. And she was like, okay. So I moved and I started doing the theater. And I became obsessed with it. And from the age of five, I was doing like four musicals a year. Oh, my gosh. um, Until I was 22, (laughs) like literally from five to 22. Um, (laughs) So I did kids theater. And then I I found this incredible community theater in Santa Monica called the Morgan Wixon Theater. And the director there, she works as like an illegal office during the day. And theater is just her passion. But she taught me everything I know. Uh, But when I was deciding where to go to college, I – Knew that I didn't want to do a BFA program because I felt like I had I I'd gone to theater camp during the summers and I did so many shows that I think there's always more to learn. I always think that, but I felt like my academic side hadn't mm-hmm. sort of blossomed yet. Mm-hmm. So I went to Wesleyan University in Connecticut, but for sociology was my major. But I continued to do student theater at Wesleyan, uh, but always knowing that I wanted to do this professionally. But Broadway was always my goal, not film. Is Wesleyan also where Lin-Manuel Miranda went? Yes. Uh, embarrassing yes, we that I quoted another alum. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that's so embarrassing. He was actually the commencement speaker at my graduation, oh, that's which is awesome. pretty cool. Wow, um, that is cool. Yeah. So you were thinking Broadway, not movies. Oh, 1,000. I mean, huh. I couldn't have even dreamt of being in a film or a television show for me it was all about theater do you think that was partly because your brother was doing the movie stuff no um when I was five was when I started doing theater and Jonah was 15 and wow that's a big spread yeah we're nine and a half years apart and but he didn't do his first film till he was like 19 or 20 okay so I had already been like obsessed with theater could quote Sondheim at eight years old um (laughs) probably even seven and uh that's funny because I think often with siblings it's sort of like okay you have your world I'll take mine we're so far apart in age yeah like we never really had a competitive um vibe Joan always says he didn't know I was a person until I was 15. He was just sort of like, that's a blob. Um, oh, that's over an there. adorable big brother thing to um, say. But then he was like, I, he was like, then you turned 15 and you became so like human and cool. And I was like, I had been there I've the whole time. Been like that, man. Um, but you just didn't know. Yeah. When I was in high school, we, we became like very, very, very close. But at that point, I, you know, by the time he was doing films, I was already a, like a kid theater obsessive so um no I, it wasn't like i would ever not do it because he did it or vice versa it yeah. was just genuinely he's a cinephile and i'm a musical theater yeah. person that's just like yeah that's very cool yeah. but now you're taking on his ground a little <laughs> a little bit um i i had the privilege of doing hello dolly on broadway for a year which literally made all my dreams come true oh like i would think about when i i remember during opening night which was two years ago this weekend i um i just was like my five-year-old self would not believe that this was happening. Um, so doing doing Hello, Dolly was so meaningful to me. To I it. am so excited to watch both of your careers from here. Oh I'm just thrilled about both of you. So there. <laughs> Thank you so much. I have one last question for you. It's a quickie. Great. I never want this done. This is so fun. I know. Oh, thanks. That's real sweet. <laughs> Which Hogwarts house would you be in? Ravenclaw. Yeah. I'm yeah. also Ravenclaw. Oh, nice. Yeah. Good nerds. Good nerds. Thank you for that question. It That's really means hilarious. a lot. hilarious. I have a Harry Potter tattoo. I'm all about it. What? Oh, my what God. It? What is it? Deathly Hallows. Oh. <gasps> Oh, yes. oh my god! Oh, that's so that's so good. cool, guys! <gasps> well, I wish you had just lifted up your bangs. <laughs> <laughs> next one, next time I'll get it on the forehead. That's Perfect. a really good idea. Oh my gosh, Kaylin Beanie, you guys are amazing. Thank you so much. Nice. For Thank, Thank you. you so much Thanks for having us. Oh my God, two of the coolest gals ever. I have to say, I am very excited about a project that Beanie has coming up. 
It's a little movie you may have heard of called How to Build a Girl, which is based off of a novel that Catelyn Moran wrote. If you don't know who Catelyn Moran is, that's totally okay, but also kind of an emergency. Go listen to the interview she did on her net several years ago. And then read How to Build a Girl because it's awesome. And this movie is guaranteed to be great because Beanie is super cool. And this movie also stars a bunch of other really great people, including Alfie Allen, also known as Theon Greyjoy, and Emma Thompson. So there. The show is produced by me, Greta Johnson, along with Justin Bull. Our co-creator is Trisha Bobita, and our executive producer is Brendan Banasak. Nerdette is supported in part by the Alfred P. Sloan Foundation, enhancing public understanding of science and technology in the modern world. We have literally hundreds of other episodes of Nerdette that are out in the world. I bet you would really like the one with Catelyn Moran. You can find all of our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We have a new newsletter. It's pretty fun. I like to put inside of it a thing to read, a thing to eat, and a thing to watch. Often there is corgi news. There are all kinds of weird things in it usually. You can get it when you go to our Facebook page and click on the blue little sign up button. Our theme music is by Pottington Bear. Do your homework! Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max, And listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.